0: This is Efficiency on Demand. On demand. High performance. Leadership. People think overwhelm. Craziness. Craziness. No time. No time. No fun. No fun. Just work, 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 work. It's time to slow down. To speed up. You owe more to yourself. This is Efficiency on Demand with Monique. Monique is a high-performance and leadership specialist. During the show, Monique and her guests will share the harsh truth behind their success stories, what it means to perform on a high level and to be a leader in this world. It's time to take control of your time and live life limitless. This is Efficiency on Demand, and this is your host, Monique.
1: Welcome back to Efficiency on Demand, everyone. Today I have, I think she may be one of the youngest entrepreneurs we had on the show so far, and I'm super excited because I really want to dig into the story. Her name is Lauren Tickner, and I just heard she's like somehow German, so that's awesome. (laughs) So welcome to the show, Lauren, and thank you so much for having time for us today.
2: Yes thank you for having me and I think that the title of this show is an absolutely perfect fit because anybody who knows me or anyone who's worked with me in any way shape or form will know that the number one thing that I hate more than anything in life is working on something that I feel like is just a zap of my time okay I like to be to the point and when I talk to people in conversation I've been known for being a little you know blunt But at the end of the day, it comes down to having a way with words whereby you can do that while not offending people and making sure that everyone understands that you really are an empathetic person. And I think that's really what one of the key traits of a leader is. And so I'm glad to have sort of had that since birth, I think pretty much because of my dad whose side of the family does have the German in the blood. So it kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to being here today, so thank you, and I look forward to sharing a ton of value with your people.
1: Please, thank you so much, Lauren. So let's dive right in. First, please introduce a little bit what you're actually doing, because people probably don't know yet, unless they read the show notes already, so then well done. But uh, (laughs) introduce you a little bit yourself, who you are, where you're from, so we know you're a little bit German, but what do you do? Yeah,
2: so born and raised here in England. And as of right now, I pretty much travel full time. However, we're recording this at the time of the coronavirus. So if you're listening to this in the future, you'll remember those days where no one could leave their house other than maybe going out to get some groceries or something. And so right now I'm in central London, in Soho. Right before we hit record, I was just showing how I can see the, the lanterns of Chinatown out of my window, which is pretty cool. And I like being here. But with that said, just a little bit about me. You can find me on Instagram at Lauren Tickner or LinkedIn. They're sort of my, I mean, I use pretty much every platform, okay? But if you want to find like the helpful, useful content, LinkedIn and then my podcast and my podcast is called Impact School. So you're listening to a podcast. My one will be shown on the same provider as you that you're listening on. But anyway, so two businesses. The first one is called Impact School as well. And that's really a business coaching company whereby we help people start and scale online coaching slash consulting businesses we really show them how to do it in a time leveraged way okay that's really important because I found that I mean you know how sometimes coaches or consultants they sort of get stuck when it comes to how to find new clients or what to do in order to generate new leads or how to actually scale because they're sort of doing bespoke one-on-one work for every single client. And they're sort of in this mindset where they don't want to give cookie cutter programs, obviously, because of the fact, like, you know, you can't be a good coach through doing a cookie cutter program that everyone's doing the same thing. Everything needs to be personalized. And so, well, for those type of people, we sort of created a systematized fashion in which they can take their ideal client from where they are now, where their ideal client is now, to where their ideal client wants to be. And it's this thing called an impact offer, which essentially fuses together coaching plus consulting plus an online course so that you can get your time back, okay? So that was really important to me so because I really want these coaches to be able to scale. And so... That's sort of our real focus there. Similarly, with that business, we also help people get started. So we'll have a lot of coaches, for example, who are personal trainers or in-person therapists who want to take it online, right? And then we show them how to do that. And then the second business is really designed for people who sell high priced things, right? So for example, high ticket coaching, high ticket consultants, we do lead generation for them. So that's sort of like a done for you service. And then on that side of things as well, for some people, maybe who are a bit newer, we can just help them find virtual assistants, right? That's like a couple different things there, but they're the two core businesses. And I'm really grateful to be able to focus on two different things because I've been able to build awesome teams around both sides. And that's ultimately what's been allowing me to actually scale. Because usually I'd say like have laser, laser sharp focus, you know? Yeah. So yeah, 23 years old, but been doing this, this whole stuff that I'm doing now for quite some time. And yeah, I love it. I love working online. I'm sure, I'm sure you can agree that.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Especially now, I think we are really, really lucky and privileged to be working online. And um, to just have the opportunity, you know, to not, wait for whatever is out there for us, but to be able to create our own reality, basically. So I totally love that. Share with me a little bit how you got to get started in the online world. Like, yeah. How did you yeah, start?
2: So, yeah, absolutely. So what you were saying just then about how we're really lucky to be having this position where we're working online. I really believe that you make your own luck. And I believe that a lot of people will dream of having an online job or remote work and scaling a company, but ultimately they may manifest and they may say their mantras and stuff. But if you don't take action, then ultimately it's not going to happen. I think both things are just as important. You need the right mindset and belief that you can make it happen. But similarly, you need to actually go out there and execute because without execution, nothing's going to change. Okay going to be in alignment with where you're going and ultimately that's going to cause you to to fail, right? So how did I get started? Well, it's kind of a long story, so I'm going to say it really brief. I was 16 years old, right, and I had just been bullied for being overweight, right? I was I was pretty chunky. I wasn't like massive or anything, but I went to a school in the UK where everybody was very self-image focused. And so Long story short, a lot of girls in my year were losing weight really not very healthily, right? A lot of people had eating disorders. So I decided that I wanted to lose weight, lost weight super fast, really unhealthy. And I ended up having panic attacks every single day to the point where I couldn't last a full day in school. And I was diagnosed with panic disorder, right? And so for anyone who has felt anxious in the past, which we all have, right, it's a normal human emotion having anxiety is very different to feeling anxious. Okay. So I actually had anxiety and was diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. And so I had to take beta blockers to slow down my physical symptoms. Basically beta blockers, slow down your heart rate because I was having so many panic attacks and it honestly took me a good few years to overcome that. So it would sort of like come and go, ebb and flow. but. I realized at one point when I had a really bad panic attack and I was, I just was driving in my car and I had to put over the side of the road and I never, and they never caused me to cry, right? But I just started crying because I was in my head and I was like, if I never overcome this, I'm just going to literally be having a panic attack every day of my life. Like I, I can't live like that. I want to be successful. And so what the heck am I going to do? And so I realized I needed to start on my eating. I realized I was working out way too much. And I realized I need to make sure that no one ever goes through this. No other young girls go through this because I was a young girl. I could relate to them. And so about a year before that time, I'd started posting to Instagram to share my fitness journey, right? Really, it was it wasn't to share the journey, it was mainly to connect with other women who were into weight training. Because I just got into weight training. This was like the start of me trying to overcome all these problems that I was having with anxiety. Um, because before that I was doing tons of cardio and ultimately that's what was burning me to the ground. So, anyways, I was posting on Instagram, long story short, I then The boys from my year, the same guys who had bullied me before, they found my Instagram right around the age when I decided, nope, enough is enough. I'm going to get healthy. They found it. They started mocking me for that, saying like, oh, thank you, Lauren Fitness, for my meal plan and my all this. That just was really embarrassing back then because this was back when no one had fitness Instagrams, like over five years ago from when we're recording this. Now it's really common. Back then it was not common, especially for a 17-year-old girl, right? And so then anyways, I basically posted more and more and then people started coming to me, asking me questions. And at that point when they, I was starting to get a lot of people asking me questions, I had just left school. So 18 years old, I was working a job in London in asset management. So in finance, a really high level job, I was, and I was super, ooh, And I was super unhappy, okay? I hated that job so much, and I had this whole second life over on Instagram. I didn't have a big following at this point, but I had people actively asking me questions. And so I started coaching some of them, doing online fitness coaching. I got my personal training qualification, did all that, and then that was sort of how I first was able to generate an income online. And so when I quit my job, I then was like, okay, cool, I'm going to go all in on this online coaching thing. And I... I tried a bunch of different things to get clients. I was trying to like sell in DMs and try to sell on email for like a hundred pounds a month. So like $120 or something. And I just wasn't really getting anywhere. And then it's funny, like I look back on my bank statements and I can see like I was charging people like 3.2K for six months of fitness coaching up front. And I didn't realize after a period of time, I just somehow figured out what high ticket coaching was. And so, (laughs) I mean, there's so much more to the story, but look, I don't want to like go into all the nitty gritty details, but I I was doing coaching for a while. It went really, really well. And then I started building a massive following on social media sponsored by big fitness companies like Gymshark, did photo shoots, like Reebok and things like that, Fitbit, all these big companies. And I guess it kind of got to my head, right? And I'll put my hands up and say that because I stopped the coaching and I started relying on these brands to pay my bills. And so I was, I remember vividly one day getting a phone call from Gymshark and Gymshark essentially called me up and they were like, Hey Lauren, like, we don't want to work with you anymore. It's the end. Bye. And so a massive chunk of my income was just lost like that. And at that point I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't rely on brands for my income. All these influencers relying on getting commission and sponsorship money and so on and so forth. They don't actually have control and so at that point, I went back to online coaching, was doing high-ticket online coaching. And then from there, that's when I started helping other people do the same thing because I really systematized everything, built teams around it, so on and so forth. So yeah, I mean, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Obviously, there's been tons of failures along the way. I just focused on the coaching side of things there, right? I didn't focus on all the times when I tried to build e businesses, got scammed for 20K bought a bunch of leggings, lost like fifteen grand, all these losses. But yeah, I mean, I don't know where you want to take it from here because I'm just rambling at this point.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's totally fine. I love it. I usually let people just talk because that's when the good stuff's coming out. But I want to definitely dive into something that I think is really, really, really interesting and so important to share. So you said you had these panic attacks, you had you were diagnosed with panic disorder, you had all of these anxiety And you were bullied, you were mocked, even for the work that you were doing already with like a genuine intention to to share your journey and connect with people. But I wouldn't really know like what made you like keep going because it's so easy to just like, you know, I mean, I've been bullied for a lot of things and I kept going, but I know why I did it. But there are so many different things why we can just push through. And I really want to dig in there because it's a difference. I never actually had anxiety. I felt anxious before, but I think it's very different, as you said. And I'm very, I'm very grateful for that. But I want to know, like, you're having these panic uh, attacks every day. You're being bullied. And you're being bullied for the thing that you genuinely love doing and you, I don't know what's going on in your mind. Why did you do, why did you keep going, you know?
2: Yeah, so at that point, I was, I felt really alone because the reason why I was posting on Instagram all the way back then is because I wanted to connect with other girls who were into weight training, like I mentioned, right? And there was, I knew no one at that point. Like back then I would go into the gym and no, there would be not a single other girl there now, well, if the gyms are open, you go into the gym now, then there's pretty much, it's mainly girls. Like it's, it's at least half and half. And so I just really wanted that community feeling. I followed a few influencers back then. And some of them I'm really good friends with now, which is funny, but I would see on their comments that there would be all these other girls commenting and i wanted to just to be able to comment and i wanted just to be able to make friends like i mean back then i just cared about making friends like i literally just wanted to make friends i mean i was a teenager you know i was very social back then i'd be at all the parties from all the local schools around like i would i'd be everywhere and i just wanted to connect with people who were like minded cuz i just felt so so alone so the reason why i kept posting back then was because firstly because of that, but secondly, because I had a big mission behind it, and I knew that at some point i just I just knew I could somehow build a big enough platform to help people i just i don't know why I just had this feeling in my stomach, and it didn't happen at first, you know it really didn't, but I think that I had seen people go from zero to having a big audience and good business and I don't know I just had this kind of feeling deep down inside like if they can do it so can I I just need to find the right people and essentially mold what they did but do it in my own special way and so essentially that's what I did I found the ideal type of person that I wanted to help I started posting content that would be useful for them and I made sure that I was continually learning growing and educating myself on how to grow right and so with that said, I mean, it really came down to investing a lot of time into making this happen. I mean, I was working for free for years before I ever made a dime. And so it really comes down to, I had this mission and I knew that I wanted to make it happen. And then when I went and worked in that job in London, I knew there was no other choice. There was no other option for me because I, I said to myself, I can never, ever have another job because I hated that so much. And I hated being controlled by somebody else so much. I realized I'm unemployable. (laughs) I literally am unemployable. My very first job, I was, I think they call it like a busboy or something. I was washing dishes in a pub. Okay. I was getting paid like three pounds an hour, which is like five bucks an hour. Then after that, I went and worked in a hotel and I ended up leaving that because, I don't know, I just didn't really like it. But straight away, I went and worked as a waitress in the pub where I worked before. And I got fired, right, because I wasn't passionate enough. That's what they told me. (laughs) Sorry. I got fired from that job. And then, obviously, I was finishing my big exams and everything in school. So I didn't work for like a few months. And then I went and worked in this job in London. And I just realized, no, I can't do this. I need to build something for myself. And then while I was in university, I I dropped out of the UK's number one business degree, right? Because I was building my own business while I was there and I was just not getting anything out of it. But I had to go into a placement for that degree and I was working at an influencer marketing agency. And again, it was just that same thing where I was just like, I need to be doing my own thing. It's like I had this deep rooted desire inside of me, like I need to do my own thing. Mm. and so yeah I mean keep keeping going when you know that there's so much more in life when you know that <laughs> you can achieve so much more because there are other people out there doing it yeah I mean it's like why would you not try at least try you know
1: right so how was your support system at home because I feel like when I talk to people a lot that have depression anxiety any type of thing that it's just kind of holding them back from pursuing the dreams or that makes them feel trapped. Oftentimes they feel like they don't have a support system. How was it for you? Did you feel like you were supported at home or was it rather like, eh, I'm not going to talk about it situation?
2: When it came to like having panic attacks and stuff, I really don't feel that that was stopping me from being successful at all. Like mm-hmm. ultimately I, in my head, like I mentioned, I knew it would have, right? But I was having panic attacks because I wasn't eating enough food to <laughs> mm. so put simply like I wasn't eating enough. So I'd feel dizzy, which would trigger a panic attack. And then it became this deeper rooted problem. Right. Mm. I, only a few people other like only like three of my best friends knew that I had panic attacks. And then I had to tell my mom because she had to come and pick me up from school because it would like I was too young to be driving then when it first started. And then when I would have a panic attack and when it was really bad, I would have to leave my car at school and she'd have to come and pick me up because I couldn't drive. Right. And so she didn't get it. She didn't understand. And my brother's disabled. Right. And so he has epilepsy, autism and tons of other stuff. And so I didn't want to ever be a burden to my parents. And because like he needs two on one care at all times. Right. And so with that said, (laughs) I kind of kept it to myself. And I just thought I'm gonna deal with this myself. Pretty English way of thinking, probably quite uh, German too. But anyways, so my support system with regards to my business and everything. Yeah, I mean, when I quit my job, my dad told me it was the worst decision I would ever make. And now he's obviously super happy that I did it and really supportive now. I mean, back then, like it was. I don't know. I've always just kind of kept myself to myself, just doing my own thing. Like my parents would just be, like after after I left my job, they're just sort of like, yeah, Lauren's just going to do her thing. Like she'll figure it out. I think they realized that, but I've always been very independent because of my brother. So with regards to the support system, I think it's like, I'm the type of person where I will just do what I feel is right, even if no one's supporting me. And that's sort of how I've always been. People have never really supported me, I guess, mm-hmm. like my friends and then my family. But at the end of the day, I know what I'm doing is really helping a lot of people. Yeah, and so yeah. I'm just going to do it no matter what. And then, like, when it works, then I'll go and be like, hey, guys, like, just updating you. But I don't really talk about it too much with my family because I'd rather just talk about them. I, I don't know. The only time I'm, like, talking about myself loads is when I come on podcasts. I prefer to talk about other people, you know.
1: <laughs> I love that. So I want to I wanna dig a little bit into this, like, deep knowing of what's right for you, because I think a lot of people, they don't know how to feel that or know about that or know that it's there. So do you have any tips how, like, let's say, especially women, you know, if they have anxiety or if they have maybe eating disorders or if they just want to change their life for whatever reason, like, how would you tell them to listen to themselves if maybe everything that they've known was just like, brainwashing and conditioning from the outside so far yeah
2: for sure so first off like when it comes to anxiety and like eating disorders and stuff i don't ever really want to give advice or help on that i think those type of people need to go you know if you feel like you may have an issue you need to seek a specialist ultimately because for sure i i had panic disorder right but I am not clinically able to help you with that, right? I was never diagnosed with an eating disorder. I definitely had disordered eating, but I wouldn't say I had like an eating disorder. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I would say my bigger problem was definitely the panic attacks. But, with that said, you know, that was like seven years ago now when it was really bad. I'm twenty three. My math is probably wrong. I don't know. I'm not very good at stuff like that. But um, when that's what Google's for, right? But anyways, when it comes to when it comes to, okay, let's say you're living a life whereby you feel like society is conditioning you in order to be a certain way, okay? How we live right now, we have literally been conditioned that we need to go to school. That we need to then go get into a good university, then leave university, and then go and work at a really good job. That's what society wants us to do. That's what the majority of the world is doing right now. But currently, as of the time of recording this, unemployment in the US is seven times higher than it ever was in the Great Depression, okay? And so all of these herds and flocks of people who are going into universities, getting into thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, are coming out on the other side, and they're not even going to be able to get a job, some of them. And some of them who do get a job, yeah, for sure, they'll work the job for a while, they'll make some money, but I've spoken to a lot of my friends who have done this exact thing, and guess what? They can't wait to retire, and they're only working that job so that they make money. And so right now, their biggest addiction is their paycheck, Right? And so because of that, they are literally going and doing something that they hate so much just to get money injected into their bank. If that's not an addiction, I don't know what is. And so ultimately right now, those people, I was even talking to a guy who I went to school with and I said to him, oh, so how's work going? And he was like, yeah, it's really good. Actually, I've been working and doing some PR for my company and I've been enjoying it. He works at a massive consulting firm. And I was like, Oh, awesome. Like, so, you know, whatever you're going to continue with that. And he was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to go back and work at the finance firm. And I was like, Oh, I didn't think you liked it there. He was like, no, I hate it there, but they're going to pay me like 1.5 times the salary. And I was like, for an extra, like 50% of your income, you're going to go do something you hate versus something that you love. And for sure, I get it, but it's like, it's not like he's going broke. You know what I mean? And at the same time, And so he was willing to go and work a job that he absolutely hated just because it was going to pay him a bit of extra money. And it's just such a shame because this is how so many people live. And I think so many people just care what other people on the outside think about them. And they think that they need to make, at the end of the day, right? (laughs) If you were, let's say you wanted to make a hundred grand a year, right? You need to make like 8.8K per month. But how could you do that? Well, if you were doing your own business, charging each client 2.5K per month, you would only need like three to four clients to make that happen. And so I think people just kind of get a bit lost and confused about how to make their own online business happen. That's why I'm just so committed to putting out really easily digestible content, right? Same thing with you. It's like We put content out there that is going to be simple for people to understand to make it happen. I think the reason why so many people don't get started with doing their own thing is because they overcomplicate it. They think it's harder than it actually is. But if you knew that you don't need a fancy website, you don't need fancy funnels, you don't need all this crazy expensive stuff to make your online business happen, then I think a lot more people would execute on it. I mean, here's what you need. You need to know who it is that you're going to help What it is that you're going to help them with, how you're going to help them get from A to Z, and then you need to actually know how to actually get clients into that system. And when you have all those things, it becomes pretty simple. I mean, if you're able to take people to an outcome that they want bad enough, you're not going to have any problems. You're not going to need any fancy marketing. It can be as simple as doing some outreach on Instagram, sending some people some messages. Having a conversation with them, getting them on the phone, taking their payment on the phone and then enrolling them into your program or into your coaching or consulting or whatever it happens to be. And so you don't need to be an inventor of something new. You just need to be able to take someone from where they are now to where they want to be. And when you're getting started for the first time around and doing that, you may be thinking, no one's going to join me because I've never done this before. But think about how you can pre-handle that. Every objection that you have right now, how can you pre-handle that? Okay, so if you're thinking, no one's going to join me because I'm brand new, then let's think, okay, how can we get people to join you, especially because you're brand new? Well, what you can do is work with three to five people, but let's say half of the RRP that you're going to be charging, and you tell them straight up, hey, look, you are going to be one of my first clients, Okay firstly, that sets the expectations. Then you can say, thanks to the fact that you're going to be one of my first clients. Okay, Did you see how there I flipped it on its head, right? I said, thanks to the fact. Okay. And then from there, thanks to the fact that you're going to be one of my first few clients, I'm actually going to be working with you even more hands on than my clients in the future will be getting. And in exchange for that, my only expectation from you is that you'll provide me with feedback. And thanks to you providing me with feedback, I'll implement that, give you the exact service that you want, and I'm going to give you half off. Okay? It flips it all on its head. Then what you can do is work with these clients, get them in, get testimonials of them. At the end, once you've implemented all their feedback and made something really killer, and then what's going to happen? Well, you've got testimonials, which you can post all over social media. You can maybe... Invite them onto your podcast if you have one, right? Or an interview show and put it on YouTube. Even if you don't have it, just do an interview with them. Ask them a series of questions just to find out, hey, where were you at before? Where are you at now? What were you hesitant about when it came to starting working with me? Then upload that. And then anyone who you're messaging in the DMs, you can send that to them. And then what can you do? Well, from there, it's going to be a case of just going ahead and... We use something called permission-based relationship marketing, okay? I'm a true believer in marketing through conversational marketing, really, and having these DM conversations with people and then getting them on the phone. But ultimately, your sales will happen in your marketing when you do that. Mm -hmm. So I think people think that they need all these crazy, fancy things. You don't really need any software. The only thing that I would get if I were you is a cool booking link with intake on questions attached So That people can book a with you, and that is pretty much all you need. And that is pretty much all you need. So, yeah, what is holding people back? I think a lot of times just overcomplication. And the reason I say that is because I was one of those people too. And in fact, every day my team we do a team focus in the morning and the evening on our on our channel um, of communication. And yesterday, my COO for Impact School send this quote, and it's just kind of summarizes here. And it's from someone called Dijan Stojanovic, and it says, the most complicated skill is to be simple.
1: It's oh so true. my God, I freaking love it.
2: Isn't that true? And so everyone overcomplicates everything. Just keep it simple, you
1: know? Oh my God, I love it. Guys, girls, and everyone who's listening, if you... Just listen to that past, like I think it was 10 minutes or seven. Just skip back and listen to it again because Lauren Lindley just laid out all of the steps that you need to take to just create an online business from scratch. So go listen to it again. Amazing. (laughs) So I know we're a little bit scarce of time today. I usually talk like five hours. I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I could talk with you the next five hours, though. But I have two more questions. I ask them every guest on the show. I tell everyone on the podcast, I don't have said questions. And by the end, I'm like, I have two. So um, (laughs) surprise. Okay, so two questions. First, what does efficiency mean to you? Efficiency means that
2: you are getting things done in the most time optimal way, whereby there's the least wasted energy.
1: Oh, I love that energy. Everyone gets me with energy. I love it. Last question for today before we get to the wrap up. Um, If you had to push the reset button, start all over again you keep all of your knowledge, which of the three things would you do over and over again to get back to success?
2: I like that question. Okay, so the first thing that I would do is make sure that I had posted really good content all across social media, okay? Second thing that I would do is build an army of people who are logged into my social media accounts, messaging people all day long. And then the third thing is hire more people sooner.
1: I love it. Can please everyone listen to that again louder for the ones in the back?
2: (laughs) Yeah, especially on the client fulfillment side, like hiring. Because I'm really good at marketing. Like, and I'll, I'll I'll put my hands up and say that I know I'm good at marketing and sort of like the the sales side of marketing, especially not so much the crunching data and all that but like the the marketing when it comes to like brand conversational marketing and like the point in which you're making sure that a sale has already occurred before the sales conversation even happens right when it comes to client fulfillment i must say i just don't really enjoy it that much so i like working with higher level clients sort of more on a teaching basis right so there's a few different types of coach or consultant there's like a teacher a coach A there's various different a speaker, whatever, a a creator, whatever. But I'm definitely the teacher type and so and teacher slash creator. And so I like creating like, for example, a Google document and then just like talking through it. I don't really necessarily enjoy like the one-on-one client work, plus I also really enjoy the higher-level stuff. So helping people scale sort of beyond their first sort of like 50k months, that's what I enjoy more. And it's because it's what I'm, I'm better at, right? I like the whole team building side of things and all that. Um, but anyway, when it comes to like me specifically, I would hire out that side of things. Because I always like looking back on my business, it's like really interesting because I hired out more sort of like marketing and sales before I hired for client fulfillment. Mm. And it doesn't make sense because I should have looked at like, okay, what am I actually good at? What am I actually um, not so good at? And I should hire out those things. Well, obviously yes. it depends. It depends a lot, but sometimes it varies. But my strengths and the things that I'm best at and the things that you know, bring in the most revenue were not the things that I was hiring. And so, yeah, it, it just made no sense. So.
1: I love it. Lauren, thank you so, so much for being on the show. This was just like value pumps throwing at us. Please, before we jump off, tell everyone where they can find you and what they can find there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So podcast is called Impact School. That is I-M-P-A-C-T-S-C-H-O-O-L, Impact and then School. And so you'll find content there that will help you scale your online business and just really make sure that you are able to get high paying clients in like a really non-spammy sleazy way we do it, it it all through like really organic and methods which feel good right and that are the best for the client and then when it comes to social media I would say probably LinkedIn and Instagram I also do have a YouTube channel where I post vlogs and stuff but that's typically for like the audience that's been with me for like five or six years but mm. I don't know you might be into it we'll see So yeah, probably best place, Impact School is the podcast on all podcast providers and then probably LinkedIn, just connect with me there. Just make sure that you let me know that you came from this podcast so that I can make sure that I connect with you back.
1: Yeah, awesome and as every single episode we have the links for you down in the show notes below so don't forget to check them out and connect with lauren so thank you so much lauren it was amazing to have you on the show and i hope we can meet soon in person Summer. yes
2: i know tell me about it thank you for having me <laughs>
0: You've been listening to Efficiency On Demand. On Demand. We hope you've learned that you too can unlock your ultimate potential, how to control your time, create some clarity in your crazy life, and how to live life limitless. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please follow on Instagram at TheMoniqueLindner. We'll see you next time on Efficiency On Demand with Monique. Remember to slow down to speed up.